It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good, watching some terrible Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thursday night football is bad anyway. But then when you got the Jets and the Browns, it's just not. Yeah, it doesn't get much a, worse. Not a recipe for success. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, just give kind of an injury update, real quick rundown from what happened to practice today on Thursday, um, and then we're just going to kind of look at the Titans' offense versus the Jaguars' defense and the Titans' defense versus the Jaguars' offense. Before we get into that, remind you we write for MusicMiracles.com where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. You can check us out there. A uh, ton of good stuff going up there every day. So everything you'll need to know heading into this game on Sunday, you can find there. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. And you can follow the podcast account at Locked On Titans. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows. Just search out Locked On Titans and you'll find us there. Um, all right, so the injury news I think was goodish today. Um, it sounds like Marcus Mariota was able to do more. Now I don't think he is by any means cleared. I don't think the nerve has completely calmed down or any of that kind of stuff. But you know, everybody said everybody when the media they could see the open portion of practice said he was throwing the ball further today than he had been before. Vrabel said afterwards that he took close to the majority of the reps or more than half of the reps. So, you know, it sounds like they're at least maybe trending in the direction of him being able to play or if nothing else, they haven't ruled him out yet at this point for Sunday. So, again, I don't know that we're going to have a definitive answer on this before, you know, we see who takes the field with the first-team offense on Sunday. But what they said today seemed a little bit more positive than what they said yesterday. Yeah, it went from kind of like a a 10% chance to maybe a a 50-50 chance or even better than that, it seems. So uh, we said it was just going to kind of click for him one day. It seems like he made a lot of progress from Wednesday to Thursday, and and that's obviously a big deal. Uh, And, and, you know, everyone wants to to make judgments about this offense uh, and, and what it is. Well, we haven't seen it yet, you know. So if Marcus plays on Sunday, that would, would finally give us a chance to kind of see it again. We got we got a quarter in Miami uh, to really evaluate it. And now Marcus will come back down Delaney Walker. Uh, so I, I hope that's something we get to see. Uh, they're going to need it because that Jacksonville defense is really nasty. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, we just haven't gotten to see it yet. But they need to be as close to full strength as possible going up against the Jacksonville team on Sunday. All right, good news that we're pretty sure is good news at this point. Taylor Lewan was able to participate in practice today. He was as he was labeled as a full participant. They said after practice that he was going to see the independent doctor this afternoon, and that was the last step in him being out of the concussion protocol. So sounds like everything's good with him. Uh, we'll know tomorrow um, if he's out there and practicing that he'll be good to go. Um Jack Conklin still limited. Uh, sounds like he's doing a little bit more, but it still sounds to me like he's at least you know another week away from being able to play. I, I, I could be completely wrong here. This is just speculation on my part, but I feel like he's going to need to be a full participant in practice for a week before he's able to go back out there. We've seen him do a little bit limited. They've kind of it seems like ramped him up a little bit more each week, but I just find it hard to see them 
rolling him out there without having you know a couple full practices under his belt. Uh, Dennis Kelly was the other guy you know that missed on this past Sunday against the Texans. Still was not with the team today um, after being sick and in the hospital over the weekend. Brable said they hope to have him back at the, at the facility tomorrow. I would find it a long shot that he's going to be able to play after you know whatever he had that that had him down that much. So I really think that on Sunday you're going to see Taylor Lewan at left tackle, Kevin Panfield at right tackle, which is better than what they had last week, but still not necessarily ideal when going up against the Jaguars defense. Yeah, and on Jack Conklin, uh, Vrabel had an interesting comment. He said, uh, we'd love to have him be able to help us in some capacity in the Jacksonville game. So I, I don't know if that means maybe they're hoping he can be active and just kind of provide depth. Uh, maybe they feel good enough to do that. But it sounds like he's getting close. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's realistic to expect him back in, in week four. You know, of course, barring no setbacks. And, and we don't know. We're not getting much information. But just using the signs that we've got, uh, I, I'd say he's going to be back pretty soon. Yeah. And so, again, that's obviously really good news. And, um, you know, we, we know how good those two tackles are when they're both on the field, and so hopefully they will both be on the field together sooner rather than later. But I just don't, I don't think it's going to be this week. Uh, and then just kind of round things out here, if you're looking at the rest of the guys on the injury list, David Flewellen did not practice again. Talked about Dalen Dawkins being called up from practice squad, all that kind of stuff. Um, so don't expect, uh, you don't expect him to play. Derrick Henry was still listed as a limited participant with his back injury, but there wasn't much said about that, so I, I doubt that he's going to miss and then uh, Kamale Correa was added to the injury report with a back injury, did not practice today. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on um, because, again, you know, he's only playing a limited number of snaps, but part of that rotation and a guy that has been a playmaker when he's been on the field. And, you know, they're going to need everybody, all hands on deck, get pressure on Bortles and all that stuff this weekend. So hopefully he'll be able to go. But uh, just stay tuned tomorrow. Uh, look at MuseumMiracles.com. We'll have kind of the final update. And, again, I, I don't think we'll have an answer on Marcus Mariota tomorrow. I mean, it would be awesome if they, you know, came out that he's a full participant, he's ready to go. But I, I, have, I have a feeling that we're going to be wondering about this leading up to kickoff um, just like last week. So, all right, so that will do it for the injury report portion here. Uh, we're going to talk about Titans offense against the George defense coming up in just a sec. Before we do that, we're going to tell you about Vivid Seats. Uh, VividSeats.com is sponsoring the podcast. We're really glad to have them on board. Uh, they are it's, – it's a great website not only for sporting events but also for um, concerts, any of that stuff. Anything that you're looking for tickets to, Vivid Seats has it. Cool venues, artists, sporting events, all that stuff. So anything that you want to, that you want to go to that you want to see, you can get on Vivid Seats. Um, if you use the promo code Locked On, you get twenty dollars off of orders or two of two hundred dollars or more. Um, and you can also go to the App Store, whether you use Apple, Google, whatever it is, download the Vivid Seats app. When you enter the promo code Locked On, you'll get twenty dollars off of two hundred dollars or more uh, purchase, and it'll be locked in. So the first time you make a make a purchase of that, it'll automatically come off your bill. So good deal there again. That's the promo code Locked On. Um, so all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are back by 100% guarantees. So you don't have to worry about not getting your tickets after you pay. So it's a cool deal. Again, go to www.vividseats.com slash app 
enter the promo code locked on and you can get the tickets to whatever event it is that you're looking for. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so, you know, all the talk, talk obviously, this week is about this Jaguars defense. Um, and, look, they're as good as Bill. Look, the Jaguars fans, I think we talked about them a little bit last night, but they're the worst. But they... <laughs> They're very confident in their team in general, but the the confidence they have in their defense is, is well warranted. The defense is very very good. Um, I was I did uh, thought questions things with uh, Big Cat Country, which is the SB Nation Jaguar site, and one of the things he asked he asked me was, you know, rivalry aside, do you think the Jaguars are a legitimate Super Bowl contender? And I said, yes, I absolutely do, because of that defense. I and mean, their defense is that good. So, I mean, I think that even with all the other things, with the Blake Bortles and all that stuff, which we'll get into in a little bit, their defense is legitimately like, you know, Super Bowl win. They, they should have gone Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, sort of in the second half against the Patriots, they would have made it last year. So it's a, it's a tall order for the Titans, you know, again, especially if they're going to be at back at quarterback, you know, third, fourth tackle, whatever it may be. Um, it, it creates all kinds of problems. But the Titans showed last year that – there is a formula to having success against the Jaguars defense. And it's basically, you know, lining up with two tight ends and, you know, basically running at them um, and running enough that you not necessarily that all the runs are not going to be successful. I mean, this was like, this was the perfect, like Mike Malarkey, Terry Rubisky thing, right? Because you just kind of run to the wall, run to the wall, run to the wall, keep it close, win the game in the fourth quarter. That's, that's what they wanted to do every week. But it did seem like that was the most effective game plan against the Jaguars because the Titans were the only team to beat them twice last year and had more success against this defense than pretty much anybody else. Yeah, and what makes their defense great are those two corners they've got, you know, Bouye and Jalen Ramsey on the outside. Uh, that's tough. Uh, it's tough to get any separation. They can just sit on the line of scrimmage, press, disrupt timing. So, uh you've got two corners that you can really trust to erase receivers off of the field. So, uh, and, and then you look inside and, and uh, you know, they just keep getting better. You know, they added Marcel Darius last, last year with a trade, Malik Jackson, uh, Yannick Ngaku and, and Calais Campbell. That's a really good front. Uh, and then Miles Jack behind all that. So it's a really good front seven with two really good corners. Um, and, and you know, like you said, the way to beat them is to just run right at them because, I mean, let's be honest, Titans probably aren't going to get much done through the air on Sunday. There's no reason to believe that that will go any differently. Maybe they can hit some things in the screen game and the short game at the line of scrimmage. 
but I don't think it's realistic to expect Corey Davis to go out and beat Jalen Ramsey, uh, and that's not a knock on Corey Davis at all. Uh, these guys are just really, really good. So I, I think you're right on when you say Derrick Henry has to get going. Uh, this offensive line has to has to really roll from the get go. Uh, Deion Lewis, utilize him in space. You know, maybe get out of the thick of the line of scrimmage. You know, get him matched up on a linebacker, on a safety, something like that. So uh, we saw it last week. It was a brilliant game plan to kind of hide Blaine Gabbert uh, and take some pressure off of him and get the ball out quick. Uh, I think you'll see a similar game plan this time around regardless uh, of who plays quarterback uh, because they can get pressure and they can cover. So I I think you're going to want to get the ball out of Marcus Mario's hands, uh, especially considering the injury. Yeah, and, you know, last year early in the season, the way that you – the way that, I mean, their weakness was against the run, right? I mean, before they got before they added Marcel Darius in the trade, when and again, I still don't understand how they sign all these guys and trade for all these guys and how they still have room under the salary cap, but they, they found a way to do it somehow. Because um, you know, in that first matchup, I mean, the Titans went down to Jacksonville in what, week two last year mm-hmm. and put thirty-seven points on the Jaguars. You know. Um, so, I mean, they, they were one of the few teams that was able to really, you know, go down there and, and have success against them. Um, that was one of Derrick Henry's better games, um, especially early in the season. He carried the ball 14 times for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, I mean, a long of 72. So it wasn't like he broke off just this huge run in that game. I mean, he was consistently pretty good in that one. Um, and and the, but the, the Titans ran the ball. Henry had 14 carries. Murray had nine. Flewellen had three. Justin Fowler had a carry. Uh, Taylor Taylor had a couple of carries. So I mean, they were committed to running the ball. Uh, they, you know, you know, you had all those runs, and they only threw the ball twenty-seven times. So that's that's the formula. That's the way to get it done. Because when you look at this defense, just kind of across the board, there's really not there's not anything that they're particularly bad at. Um, I mean, I guess they're not great against tight ends. Uh, they were, I think, twentieth DVOA against the tight end last year but they were number number one against number one wide receivers number eight against number two wide receivers number 11 against all other wide receivers uh number 16 against running backs in the passing game so there's not there you you know some teams they have really good outside corners you can tackle them in the middle of the field that was kind of the case with the broncos for a while this this defense is just good everywhere so the biggest thing is going to be again kind of like uh mike was talking about last week Run the ball, have some success with that. Take care of the ball. Don't give you know don't don't give them any short fields to work with that kind of stuff. Because I mean, really, I just I don't know if you're if you're Matt Lafleur, what's the what's the weakness that you're trying to attack? Yeah, and, and I think building off of that, I think you'll see them move Corey Davis around. Uh, I think you'll see him get a lot of reps out of the slide. Maybe get a re- get away from Bouye and Ramsey. Uh, get a matchup on DJ Hayden. Uh, maybe potentially get one against the safety or something like that. You know, put him in motion and, and kind of break that press. Uh, so you know, we've talked a lot about Corey Davis. He's the guy in the passing game right now for the Titans. He's got 20 targets through two weeks. Uh, next closest is Deion Lewis with nine. So it, it's Corey Davis if the Titans are throwing the ball right now. Uh, obviously, that'll change as as Marcus Mariota gets back and he'll kind of spread the wealth a little more. Uh, but I, I think that's one of the keys is keeping Corey Davis on the move, 
putting him in the slot, putting him in uh, spots where he can he can succeed, and maybe not just lining him up against Jalen Ramsey every single down. Yeah, absolutely. And this is funny. I'm looking at their these are DVOA numbers from last year, but they were first against passes to the left, first against passes in the middle, fourteenth against passes to the right, first against deep balls, eighth against short passes. I mean, they just they're just really good everywhere. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is the game where, and if you remember last year in the game, the, the Week 17 game, uh, that was Derrick Henry. That was the first game after DeMarco Murray was hurt, if, if I remember correctly. And Derrick Henry did not have a very successful game, at least, you know, yards per carry type deal. And that was when he kind of came out and said he was mad at himself for the way that he ran. And then he, you know, went and just kind of hammered the Chiefs. But hopefully, you know, you can see kind of week two Derrick Henry instead of week 17 Derrick Henry because they're going to need a big day from him um, in, in order to stay in positive game script here. Um, because, again, if you get in, you know, third and seven or more, you, you just kind of forget it. I mean, they really are that good, and I, I hate to give them that credit just because their fans are the worst. But it really is true. So, um, anyway, so that, that's kind of the look from an offensive perspective. Did you have one more thing? No, go for it. Yeah, okay. Um, that's, that's kind of a look from the offensive perspective. Um, we'll look at the defensive perspective in just a second. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you about Swap.com. Um, we talked a little bit about them last night. Uh, it's the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off of retail price on your favorite brands like Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Here's the thing. I mean, they, they've got new stuff going up there every day. It is a thrift store. But they look their stuff over. Everything is hand inspected. Items are added daily, um, so there's a lot of cool stuff. You can you can check it out every day. You can find something different. Um, you know, if you've got kids, how quickly they grow out of their clothes. So you can go and spend, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty percent of what you'd be spending if you went to the the retail store and got their stuff. You can get their stuff same same quality materials. It's just been gently used. Um, special offer for our listeners. Uh, you can use you can get thirty five percent off of select items on your first order if you use the promo code locked on. So again, that's thirty five percent off of select items with the promo code locked on. And again, check them out every day. Swap dot com, their homepage because they've got new stuff going up there every day. So from a defensive perspective, pressure Blake Bortles, get him to turn the ball over, right? I mean, I think that's the the simplest simplest way of getting to them. I know he was really good uh, against the Patriots. Um, Jaguars fans, it's just funny to watch their up and down with Blake Bortles and how they feel about him. He did. He had a great game. He was really good in that game against the Patriots in week two. But last year, you know, part of the thing was they were able to sack him a couple times, uh, picked him off a couple times in, in, in both games. And so that's going to be the key here. Um, if you listen to Vrabel last week, I, I can't remember what exactly all the numbers were. But he said after the game, he told them, he told the team, you know, 40 rushing attempts, uh, zero turnovers. You know, the, the Titans gave up two forced turnovers, and there was some other number. But anyway, something like that was the was this, the recipe for winning last week. I think you're going to need to see a similar deal here. I think if the Titans are going to win this game, they're going to need to take advantage of Blake Bortles, get a couple of picks, set their offense up in a couple of positive situations in order to um, to take advantage of a short field. Leonard Fournette looks like he's going to play. Their offense is actually worse uh, when he plays. Talked a little bit last night about how kind of weird their offense is, and I guess they just they call the game completely differently when he's out there. He's supposed to play. 
Um, you know, I think most people would, would look at that as an as a bad thing for the Titans, but I'm not necessarily sure that it is. Yeah, and, and you know, the Locked On Jaguars guys talked about that a lot. When Leonard Fournette plays, they morph into a different offense. You know, they they turn into that ground and pound, almost Mike Malarkey style. Uh, we're gonna beat you with Fournette. You know, it's coming. Try and stop it. Uh, when he's out, they just open it up, and Blake Bortles goes and makes plays, and is actually a decent quarterback. So. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, you, you know, it just seems like if if they get that mix of both, it seems like they could actually be pretty dangerous. Uh, because I mean, Bortles is not a zero. Uh, let's get that clear. I mean, he's he's not great by any stretch, uh, but he can make some plays. You know, he made he's made a ton of plays with his legs, uh, really dating back to last year throughout that playoff run. Um, he can extend plays. I think finishing uh, sacks in the backfield is going to be big. Uh, a guy like Jalen Brown uh, chasing him around the line of scrimmage, uh, I think that's going to be a, a potential X factor there, not letting him convert those third and four plays uh, with his legs. I think that's going to be a big deal. But uh, really interested to see which Jacksonville offense shows up. Uh, you know, Like you said, I, I, I just kind of hope it's the, the ground and pound uh, offense with Leonard Fournette because, uh, it, like we said before, the Titans run defense we don't think is all that great. Um, but, you know, you open up the offense, you've seen the issues that Malcolm Butler has had. Uh, Jacksonville's receivers have some speed. You know, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, uh, that could be a potential issue there. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the stuff about Bortles running because I think that's probably the most underrated part of his game. Uh, first career average is 11.3 yards per carry. Uh, that's that's really good, and um, it's, it's something that doesn't get talked about as much as it probably should. The, the, the thing with him is he's either going to be like really good, or he's going to make you know like two dumb mistakes that give the Titans a chance to win the game. I mean, I think that's a, like you said, he's not a zero. It's not like he can't do anything, but you can take advantage of him, and hopefully they've they, they've got you know they, they've looked at the film and stuff, and, and they've found some ways that to. to disguise some things to trick him into a couple of throws or whatever. Um, they, they've got weapons, you know. Uh, they got Keelan Cole, who's a good receiver, made one of the best catches of the year so far last week. Very talented guy. Diddy Westbrook, you know, you go watch his college tape. I mean, was, you know, obviously really, really good in college. Uh, they drafted DJ, DJ Shark, a guy we talked a little bit about, um, has that elite speed. We talked about, uh, you know, the issues that Malcolm Butler's had with the deep ball. So there are definitely ways that this this offense could take advantage of the Titans' defense. But like you said, I think the thing that we should probably hope for is that they go back into that conservative, just trying to grind it out, hand the ball Leonard Fournette 25 times. I think that's going to give the Titans the, the best chance. And, and I feel, I don't know, and I don't watch the Jaguars enough to necessarily like make this uh, the statement that I'm about to make, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. It almost seems like Bortles, when he knows that the game is in his hands, it's like he's a, he's a different guy a little bit. Like he's a little bit more smart with the football, um, that kind of stuff. It's, it's almost like when the Leonard Fournette's there and, and they're handed off, he knows he's only going to get, you know, 20 times, 25 times, whatever it is to throw the ball he tries to force some things just because it's like, well, I'm not going to get a throw again, so I need to try to hit this play or whatever. That may not be it at all, but it's just kind of like one of those things where, like, when he's got the whole, when he feels like he's got the whole game, he doesn't force it as much, 
as he does in certain situations. And so that, that's going to be the thing. I mean, I, I think if, especially if, if Marcus Mariota isn't able to go, if you're looking at, you know, the, the fourth tackle again, you're going to need Bortles to give you something. And so, I mean, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing there. If, they don't, if the Jaguars don't turn the ball over and Blaine Gabbert's the quarterback for the Titans, I have trouble seeing how the Titans win this game. Yeah, we should mention that T.J. Yeldon's status is up in the air. Uh, we've talked a lot about Fournette. He's expected to go. But T.J. Yeldon uh, may not go in this one. That would that would move Corey Grant up, who, a guy that's made some plays in, in the passing game. So uh, no real issue there. But I want to talk a little bit about Fournette specifically. You know, I just I feel like there's a misconception with him. I just don't think he's very good. You know, I'll just come out and say, it. and naturally he'll he'll go for 200 against us on Sunday <laughs> because I I just think he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of lateral uh, agility. I think he's a straight line runner at, at 230 pounds. Um, he, he'll he can hit the hole when it's there. Uh, I just don't think he's anything special, uh, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous that Jacksonville took him in the top five. If they had to do that over again, you think they'd make the same pick? No, absolutely. I don't not. think so just, either. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't understand. Uh, it, it seems like the game has changed a lot since that draft. I, I will say, uh, you know, you can you can find any sort of back nowadays that can catch a pass out of the backfield. You know, the Titans probably sound the best one in the league in Deion Lewis. But uh, it's it's just a weird coincidence that Jacksonville's better without him. Yeah, and so, uh, again, I, that's why I, I hope he plays. Um, and I think that, yeah, like I said, it's turning toward that he will. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, again, I, I would like to tell you, I made a, I predicted 17-10 Titans uh, in the thing I did with Big Cat Country. I don't I don't feel confident about that at all. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know what to think about this game. We're talking before we, we came on. There's still not a line in Vegas for this game, obviously because, you know, waiting on the, on the status of Mariota. But, like, I, I just – we usually like to give predictions at this point. I just, I, I, I don't really have any idea. I, I think the Titans can go down there and I think they can play with the Jaguars. I think that as long as they can keep the game manageable, uh, kind of like they did last week, I think they have a chance to win. But it's just, it's, it's really hard to make any type of prediction when we just still don't know so much about who's going to be available. Well, I think that the best thing that could have happened to the Titans was Jacksonville beating New England because you come down off that high, you know, they got their big their big win, you know, paid them back for the playoffs last year. Uh, now the Titans come to town, and how do you get back up for that game? So it's just a classic letdown spot. Uh, that being said, I, I don't feel confident in this one either. Uh, just looking at this on paper, you know, Jacksonville has a, has a pretty good advantage just about everywhere. Um, but, you know, we saw Matt LaFleur – uh, worked some magic last last Sunday. We saw Mike Vrabel steal seven points with that uh, call for the the safety to safety touchdown pass. Uh, so maybe you see some some different things like that. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this: I, I'd be surprised if the Titans won this one. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. So hopefully they will. We'll be cheering for them. Um, but it just it's it's kind of seems like it's a little bit stacked against them. And again, I think if they get one of these next two. Um, you know, with, with the Jaguars this week, with the Eagles next week, I, I think we should be we should take two and two um, from the from this tough September schedule uh, with the injuries and all that stuff. I think we should take it and run with it because, in theory, once you get into October, 
Mariota's going to be good. Conklin's going to be back. I mean, it's, it's trending in a really good direction for that. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But anyway, we'll be back Sunday night with another show. Um, between now and then, check out musicmiracles.com. We'll have a ton of stuff with this game. And if you want to interact with other Titans fans during the game, it's the perfect place to do it. We'll have an open thread and all that stuff on the site on Sunday. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorthmcm. Terry's at tlambertfb. Subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Titans, wherever you get your podcast. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again on Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.